Eso fue divertido. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hola, bienvenidos a Locked On Patos. <laughs> Me llamo Jason J.D. Hernandez. I'm not going to go there today, but welcome to Halloween edition of Locked on Anaheim Ducks. As I mentioned, I'm J.D. Hernandez, and this is Locked on Patos de Anaheim. Yeah. Oh, man, that that was a fun game. That, that was, well, at least the ending was fun. The first parts, not so much. Yeah, but this is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I've been covering hockey for a long time. I've seen some fun games in the past. I've seen some great comebacks in the past. This one was just hilarious. Mainly because of who it was against. Yeah. Let's get right into it, shall we? It was Dia de los Muertos night at the Arrowhead Pond. Now, a lot of you still call it the pond. I call it the ponda just to, you know, make it so like... I, I still call it the Ponda. Some fans, some, call it Honda Center, even though it's been called that for the past 15 years now. Yes, it's been 15 years since then. Yeah, it's the Pond. The Toronto Maple Leafs were in town. The Ducks had lost seven consecutive games. And we were going into this game, at least a lot of fans were going into this game thinking, well, here comes loss number eight in a row, because look at this lineup that the Ducks have going again. It was 11-7 for the second consecutive game. Last time, that didn't work out so well, did it? No, it did not. So what what do we make of this? Well, first off, Orgenda is still out. Where, where's Pavel at? Why are we going seven defensemen here? Dallas Eakins shuffling his lines once again and ticking off some of the fans once again. And Dallas Eakins separating Troy Terry from Trevor Zegras again. So how did that turn out at the start? Hmm? Not so good because the Ducks went on the PK right away. And oh, oh, look who scored on the power play. Austin Matthews. Ugh. The Ducks... Once again, give up another power play goal. Still a massive hole in their lineup. Still a big, big defensive gap on the PK. The Ducks right now, they still yield one of the, if not the worst, penalty killing units in all of hockey. In fact, let's look at the stats as of right now, shall we? The Anaheim Ducks PK right now is clipping at 63.6%. That is second worst in the National Hockey League. The only team worse, the Vancouver Canucks, who also have two wins. That's it. That's the list. So, again, the Ducks' PK woes continue. This is now a bad trend. This is now a pattern. 
we are nine games into the season and the Ducks still have not fixed their penalty kill. It's that bad. Yes, it's Austin Matthews. He's one of the best players on the planet right now. But you still cannot give up that many goals on the opponent's power play. You just cannot. Luckily, Jakob Silverberg was there to pick up the mess. And oh, look at that. A nifty back pass from Derek Grant. Yeah. All the Derek Grant haters out there. What say you now? Well, I, I, I understand what you're saying now. Derek Grant barely got his first apple of the season. And Jakob Silverberg barely scored his third of the season. But hey, I mean, we'll take it, right? So one to one. And then Dennis Malagin scored his second of the season. Toronto leads 2-1, and already I hear the naysayers. Well, here's another loss, because Toronto came into this game pissed off. Why did they come into this game pissed off? Glad you asked. Toronto lost Saturday late afternoon night, maybe, to the Los Angeles Kings at Staples Center. The Kings not only beat Toronto, they kind of embarrassed them a little bit. So Toronto lost at San Jose. They lost at Los Angeles. They came into that first period pissed off. And it showed in the shots. It showed in the quality of shots. They outshot the Anaheim Ducks 17-9 in that first period. And they were just about ready to run the Ducks out of the building. They were. Anaheim came out just a little bit flat. As soon as they gave up that first goal, my first thought was, ah, crap, here we go again. That was my first thought. I'll admit that. When I saw they were down 2-1, to I thought, okay, I mean, it's not that bad, but it's trending towards an eighth consecutive loss. Then we go to the second period. It wasn't bad. It honestly was not bad hockey at all. The Ducks played, I don't want to say they played well, but they played okay. They played competently. They did outshoot the Maple Leafs. They had a little bit better defense. They were just they were just not terrible. We'll take it. So still a 2 to 1 game and towards the end of the period, the Ducks went on a power play. Actually, this was a great play too with only a few seconds left. Derek Grant, yes, I hear the Derek Grant naysayers once again, and I'm going to repeat this again. All the Derek Grant haters out there, what say you now, huh? Hmm? Hmm? Oh yeah, you caused that slashing penalty. You drew that penalty against Austin Matthews. Hmm. Speaking of Derek Grant, what say you Derek Grant haters? Hmm? Hmm? Oh, there was a breakaway chance in that period. Derek Grant was not awarded a penalty shot. Granted, I could see where there's a difference here, and I'll get to that in a second. But Austin, I mean, Derek Grant was driving towards the net. And maybe, just maybe, Derek Grant should have been awarded a penalty shot. But he wasn't. Alright. No penalty shot. That's fine. Then we go to the third period, and that's when things get very interesting. As soon as we get to the Ducks' power play, or the powerless play, as we know it this season, Callie Yarncrow scores a shorthanded goal. The Ducks are down 3-1. to one. Let me repeat that. 
in a different way. The Toronto Maple Leafs were up 3-1. Toronto had a 3-1 lead. Had. And we'll talk about how they blew that 3-1 lead after the first intermission. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. So, folks, the NBA season is on in full swing right now. And hey, guess what? The Lakers won a game. Yay! So if you put some money on the Lakers on the last game, you made a pretty penny. The NHL season is in full swing. NFL, they're going on right now. Baseball's dead to us. And there's also boxing, MMA, horse racing, all kinds of other sports. So Bet Online is the one place that we trust and has you covered with all the latest lines. So if you want to check it out either on your mobile device or on your laptop, Head over to betonline.net right now. BetOnline is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, please gamble responsibly. Hola, welcome back to Locked On Patos de Anaheim, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or TLOPN. I'm your host, J.D. Hernandez. So Toronto had a 3-1 lead. Toronto had a 3-1 lead. Toronto had a 3-1 lead. How would they blow it this time? We've seen this time and time again, where Toronto blows leads. They blow leads all the time. But how often do they blow leads in one period to the worst team in hockey. No, let me let me re- let me see something else. The worst team in hockey record-wise. I don't think the Ducks are the worst team in hockey. I think there are teams that are worse, but record-wise for now, Anaheim's the worst. And they're still the worst even after this win. But man, that was fun because in that third period after allowing a shorthanded goal, wow. The Ducks allowed a penalty shot. Wait, what? They they allowed a penalty shot? You mean to tell me that almost the exact same play that happened in the second happened in the third? And you award a penalty shot? I beat your refs. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me with that? Yeah, Kerfoot had a penalty shot and missed. Now... I I hear what you're saying, Ducks fans. I hear you loud and clear. Why was that called? And why was the other one not called? So Cam Fowler got called for hooking. So one was a hooking call. One was a slashing call. Maybe the only difference was that one was on the hands and the other one was across the body, maybe across the arm. But maybe the real difference is that Derek Grant at least got a shot off and Alexander Kerfoot didn't get a better quality shot off. Therefore, he's awarded a penalty shot. So I I could hear the hockey gods just laughing. They are laughing maniacally like I did earlier at that point and said, oh, you know what? 
we didn't give him a penalty shot, but we'll give you a penalty shot. And Kerfoot missed it. Despite what the broadcast said, yeah, he missed it. That puck was going high and wide, so the score remained 3-1 to one at the time. This felt like a reprieve for the Ducks, because just about a minute later, we had a perfect play from the pair that we should not break up. Troy Terry and Trevor Zegras working their magic once again. Troy Terry with a streaking pass down to Trevor Zegras, who drove towards the net and just used those soft, silky mitts to put it away. And that made it 3-2 to two in favor of Toronto. Okay, there's some hope after all. Shilgren is, is he's human. He hasn't looked the best recently. But hey, there you go. Zegris solved him. But they're still down one. And there's still about 12 minutes left. So how are the Ducks going to come back this time? Glad you asked. Because Dmitry Kulikov, on a slick wraparound, like, it was literally like, he was behind the net, just kind of went a little bit around, used that long stick of his, and barely got it past the left pad of Shelgren to tie things up at three goals apiece. Crowd is going crazy. I'm pretty hyped. I'm going, oh, look at that. They tied it up. How awesome is this? So, yeah. At that point, I was saying, yeah. Si se puede. Si se puede. I had a lot of hope on this one. And then, not that long later, we had a Frank sighting. A Frank Vetrano goal. Scored. It just kind of trickled past Shelgren. And that made it 4-3 to three against the Leaf Blowers. <laughs> that was an awesome goal, right? Wrong. Wrong. Because that goal went to replay for supposed goaltender interference. Now, I know the rule states that if an opposing player gets pushed in or if there's a push in, then maybe the goal gets disallowed. So Adam Henrique pushed a Leafs player into Shelgren. Sometimes that gets called. Sometimes that doesn't. Yes, I have seen games in the past, maybe like 2020, where that same kind of thing happened and the goal was allowed. In this case, the goal was overturned. And they said, no goal. Are you freaking joking me? So you mean to tell me that one penalty shot was not awarded to the Ducks. Another penalty shot was awarded to the Maple Leafs. The Ducks scored a goal and then it becomes disallowed. And these are all murky calls. Okay, the goaltender interference, I could understand why that one was turned back. And I'm trying to make sense of why one penalty shot was awarded on another. I'm, tr- I'm still trying to make sense of it and maybe give the referees somewhat of a benefit of the doubt. But isn't it a little bit fishy to you that Toronto got every single benefit of the call? Every single one. And they still couldn't pull off a regulation. They couldn't do it. I, I think of this more that Toronto was given all the breaks 
and they could not take full advantage of them. They should have won that game in regulation. And they didn't. They blew a 3-1 lead. It was tied 3-3 going into overtime. And I'll admit I was cursing a lot in Spanish at that time. You may have heard some words that are like pinch. Yeah, a lot of those words. I had Monday's episode planned out. I had this whole intro planned out. It was going to be kind of funny and there would be a lot of Spanish cursing. Luckily, I didn't have to use that. Because in overtime, Trevor Zegras had his moment. In my opinion, I think this was Zegras' moment. This might be better than the goal where he tossed a stick into the crowd. This might be better than the Michigan. This might be better than the Flying Z goal. And the reason the reason I think this goal is better is because of when it happened and what it means to this team. Trevor Zegras worked his magic, scored the game-winning goal in overtime, and the Ducks win 4-3, breaking the streak. Yeah, I think I'm just going to take a break right here and spend an entire segment talking about why that Trevor Zegras goal is so important. We'll get to that on the other side. Hola, welcome back to Locked On Batos de Anaheim. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I love this jersey, by the way. I I love this jersey so much. It's probably one of my favorites of all time. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved the warm-up jerseys the Ducks had this year. I thought this year's was really cool, mainly because it's the old-school logo done in Dia de Muertos form. I like this one a little bit more just because I like the floral outprint all around. And I love the shoulder patches. The shoulder patch, I think, really makes it for me. That being said, I'm probably still going to get this year's jersey. Who am I kidding? I'm going to get it. And you know whose name I'm going to put on it? Trevor Zegras. Let's talk about Trevor Zegras' goal for the rest of time. Because why the heck not? This goal may have sent the Maple Leafs to the other realm. It might have. Let's talk about what this goal means for Toronto first. They just ended their road trip losing to all three California teams. And I could make the joke that the California gauntlet is back. Who would have thought the California gauntlet would have been back against the Maple Leafs? They lost at San Jose. They lost at Los Angeles. They lost in Anaheim despite getting just a little bit of help. They're searching for a lot of answers. I'm already seeing the the Twitter sphere. Oh, let's fire the coach. It's time to fire him. It's time to get some new direction. Maybe we're looking at the trades. Oh, boy. Leafs Twitter (laughs) is beside itself right now. I could already hear Steve Dangle just yelling into the ether right now. He's going to be pissed. And I'm just going to sit here laughing at the schadenfreude because, 
Oh, look at this. Sheldon Keefe is already in the hot seat. Who's in the hotter seat now? Sheldon Keefe or Dallas Eakins? It's still Dallas Eakins. Let's be real here. But Sheldon Keefe is in the hot seat now, especially in Toronto in that big media market. Ha <laughs> ha I'm not so blind that I can't see how hilarious this all is. And by the way, a colleague of mine on the Locked On Network would like to remind you that Toronto has blown a 3-1 lead again. It's like we've seen this story before. Maybe Toronto likes blowing 3-1 leads. It's happened multiple times. It's happened once again, this time in Anaheim. So I talked about what this means for Toronto. It means a few days of pain. (laughs) A lot of pain. I don't think Sheldon Keefe is the issue in Toronto. I really honestly don't. I just think they need a little bit more depth. How can they get more depth? They already have a great lineup. Yeah, they have a pretty good lineup, but it feels like there's still something missing in that roster. It really does. That being said, let's talk about what this means on the Anaheim side. If the Ducks had lost this game, they would have lost eight consecutive games to finish the month of October. They would have won their first game and then continued on an eight-game losing streak and counting. That did not happen. Dallas Eakins was already on the hot seat. He still is on the hot seat right now. But can you imagine going into November only having three points? That would have been a bad look. And frankly, that, that would have been embarrassing. It really would have. But let's talk about Trevor Zegris for a little bit. That goal that he made really shows his growth in his game. Time being, I mean, there, there was a time where Trevor Zegris probably makes that goal, but probably not just because his strides were still, his strides were good, but they weren't to the quality of fighting off defenders. He has bulked up. He hasn't bulked up a whole lot yet, but he bulked up just a little bit over the summer. He's widened his skating stance a little bit, which is very important here because Trevor Zegras had the puck to his left and used his body to protect the puck. He also widened his stance. This shows just how much his game has evolved over the past three seasons, dating back to his time at Boston University. His puck protection has gotten so much better and he was still able to get a very good shot off in stride and get that leg up and get the follow through going. That's just a little bit of a detail that he's improved on a lot. So the goal itself was amazing as far as you know the move and what he's worked on. That was great. And the crowd roared. Chef's kiss. But now let's talk about what I really want to talk about. What this means as far as, you know, Dia de los Muertos Day. I am a proud Mexican. I love, love the Spanish language calls. Still to this day, my favorite call, like my favorite ducks call. Well, I mean, I have two favorite ducks calls. One, number one still 
is the Paul Correa goal in the 2003 Stanley Cup Final, where one of my favorite announcers of all time, Gary Thorne, says, off the floor, on the board, Paul Correa. Ooh, I still get chills on that one. That is still my favorite Ducks call of all time. Number two is the Ryan Getzloff goal call. Ryan Getzloff, el capitan. Oh, by the way, that was also an overtime game-winning goal. That one was against another team from Canada, the Vancouver Canucks. You see a little bit of a pattern here. So Ryan Getzloff wins it against a Canadian team. Trevor Zegras, he wins it against a Canadian team. Hmm, something about young Ducks players, or maybe not young. I mean, Getzy wasn't young. But something about Ducks centers scoring in overtime against a Canadian team on Dia de los Muertos night. Hmm, something about that. This particular call, this one is up there. The excitement, the kind of half-hearted laugh, like not not half-hearted, kind of like the half-laugh, half-zegrets go, like, like you could just hear it in Irwin's voice. He was super excited and super pumped up. Look, I thought both announcers did a tremendous job. Love it. Irwin Igueros. Another quality call. This one was magical. This one was special. And to have it done on this night with that Spanish call. That, on a personal level, that means a lot to me. That means a lot to have Trevor Zegras join the pantheon of great Spanish language calls. I hope that we get a Spanish language call every year. And Ducks, you better do it every year now because, hey, that is now two great moments with two fantastic goal calls in Spanish. In fact, I'll go one even further. I'll go further than that. I think the Ducks should seriously, seriously, thinking about having more than one per season. I would love to see what the Ducks did, or like the Kings did rather. Yeah, I'm going to compare this to the Kings. Because at least the Kings have Francisco X. Rivera to call multiple Spanish language games. I mean, just, just give us like a little taste, you know. Give the fans maybe two or three Spanish language games per season. It just sounds so good. The energy, the magic. Getting to hear Patos de Anaheim. Getting to hear what puck means in Spanish. And by the way, the word for puck in Spanish is disco. Why is it disco? Glad you asked. The reason they use disco for the name of the puck is because the puck is shaped like a disc. That's literally the word that we came up with for puck. Yeah. I mean, it it makes complete sense if you actually, like actually really think about it. There is not a Spanish word for puck. There isn't. They have to use disc for it, but it works and it's perfect. So once again, to the Anaheim Ducks, I mean, if anyone from the Ducks happens to be watching, I mean, me as a very proud Mexican, I would love to see 
at least two or three Spanish language games per season. And to go even further, maybe next year for a Dia de los Mortos night, maybe give the Ducks their own Spanish language feed on TV. Why not? I I feel like it is the perfect time to do that. There are several other teams that do the same thing. Even ESPN Deportes, they have their own Spanish language feed. And by the way, when I watch playoff games, I love watching ESPN Deportes. Those Spanish calls are so good. If you're a native Spanish speaker, that's something that I invite you to watch. So, you know, maybe send an email to the Ducks. You know, if you're watching, if you're a Spanish speaker, email the Ducks and say, Hey, why can't we get this for more than one game per season? Why not? It sounds so cool. <sighs> and I hope the Trevor Zegris call really just pushes for more Spanish language calls. If Ryan Gesloff couldn't do it, God, I hope Trevor Zegris can. I really hope so. And I hope that Trevor Zegris goes home and watches that Spanish language call and just really take in how magical it is. Especially on Dia de los Muertos. Something magical, something mystical about it. I love it. All right. Um, I'm actually going to end on a personal note here because it is Dia de los Muertos and a lot of my family happens to be down in Michoacan right now, as we speak, by the way. Down there for Dia de los Muertos. I have family down there. Um, my grandfather passed away about a decade ago. And I happened to be in the house. I, I actually happened to be in the next room over when he passed. And he passed away on this day, actually. On this day, oh boy, I think it was 12 years ago. And... You know, I still think about that, you know, once in a while. I mean, I was there, but at least I was there with my grandfather on his final day. On his final days, rather. You know, I I was there. And at least I got to say my goodbyes right there. So at least I got to do that. It's still meaningful to me that I was there around that time because I made it a point to stick around for a few extra days and check out the Dia de los Muertos celebrations they have. And if you've watched the movie Coco, it actually does, like, the town actually does look like that in real life. Like, Irazio, Batsquado, Irats, like, yeah, Irazio, I mentioned that already. Um, Hanizio, it legit does kind of look like that movie in real life. And for me to get to experience that, I mean, that was amazing to me. And just to go on a really personal note, I might share a picture or two of when I was there for that celebration. You know, it, it was it was something else, something that I won't soon forget. And my grandmother, she passed. She actually just passed away very recently. In fact, not like barely a month ago. That that one kind of hurt a little bit. Okay, more than a little bit, and I don't want to choke up here, so. Let me just take a drink of water really quick on video. I know I shouldn't be doing this, but, you know, whatever. It's my show. That one did hurt. But, you know, I'm okay. 
So my family's down there celebrating their lives and having a Dia de los Muertos, little kind of, not a celebration, I mean, kind of like a mini celebration of life because both my grandparents did live a very long life. They were married for, get this, 65 years. 65 years married. That was a long, long time. And now my family is down there again on another, I mean, yeah, like stuff just keeps happening this year, I know, but just more family stuff happening. So, you know, if you happen to be of that religion or if you happen to be someone that celebrates Dia de los Muertos, you know, celebrate responsibly, but also really take the time and celebrate life, you know. All right. I got a little personal there. Um, <laughs> a little misty eyed there, but I, I think we're just going to end the show by saying, you know, take care of your family and, you know, just, you know, be there for them. All right. Thank you once again for watching. Thanks for listening. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean. You could hit the bell on YouTube. Make sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. You could follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. If you follow the LO underscore Ducks Twitter, yeah, the first tweet is going to be me laughing maniacally. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm a crazy right now. <laughs> oh, that that's still hilarious to me. It really is. I can't believe they blew a 3-1 lead again. Yeah. I know I'm a sicko for laughing at the Leafs misfortunes. Yeah, there's Schadenfreude there. But if you happen to follow the Locked On Anaheim Ducks Twitter, you'll see that. And if you happen to follow my personal Twitter at SimpyJD, you can see some of the stuff that I've been up to, including, um, I didn't get video of this. Maybe there's a video of this somewhere, but I had to go and sing the national anthem on Sunday. Yeah, I didn't expect that. Apparently, I could sing the anthem. Apparently, I did well. So if you're looking to hire an anthem singer, I also happen to know O Canada. So yeah, just want to throw that out there. Thanks for making this your first listen. Go ahead and make Locked On NHL your second listen. I'm getting loopy here. It's getting late. I'm rambling. I'm just going to end it by saying muchas gracias for Locked On Patos de Anaheim. I'm Jason Hernandez saying adios, buenos dias, buenos noches. Please be good to each other. Please be kind to one another. Stay safe. And patos fly together.